This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. And welcome along to The Score here with me, Michael Clark. On the programme this week, we are joined by a player from each of the Premiership's top three clubs. From Larne, the league leaders, we will hear from Lee Bonus after his hat-trick display last weekend. We'll be joined by a star turn from Glenn Torren. Aidan Wilson has become a fan favourite at the Oval. He'll be on the show shortly. And later on, from Crusaders... Their left-back, Jarlath O'Rourke, now in his fourth season at the club, an Irish Cup winner last year. What can they win this time around? They are, after all, only three points off the league leaders going into this weekend's games. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Good to have you back to do it all again. There is just one match happening on Friday night. That is at Stangmore Park, Dungannon Swifts against Ballymena United. David Jeffries' men have been feeling a lot more like themselves. A couple of wins will do that for you. And a derby delight off the bit of Ross Redman to sink their bitter rivals. Coleraine has certainly perked up the mood with the Ballymena United faithful following on from their win against Portadown. But can they continue on that winning form against Dungannon Swifts, a team whose only win of the campaign has been against the side bottom of the league, Portadown, who are two points worse off than them. That victory, the only points Dungannon Swifts have yet to taste this season, but a long way to go. Only 10 games played, remember. So Dungannon Swifts, Ballymena United... Will it be a happier night for Dean Shields or will David Jeffrey make it three wins on the trot in the league? Saturday's games, a couple of tasty ones. Linfield against Larne. Lee Bonus will be on the programme in a minute. Linfield will feel like they, you know, were maybe back on track somewhat with the win against Glenavon, but even then it wasn't convincing. 2-1 down, Fitzpatrick with a double, but Linfield getting it over the line in the end. Vertinen a couple of minutes from time able to thrash one in to grab the victory and help lift the mood of the Windsor Park faithful, still licking their wounds after that thumping at the hands of Glen Torren last weekend. And Linfield just weren't at it, let's be honest. A lot of eyes on them, but you would be rather foolish to write Linfield off, wouldn't you? Uh, 16 points after nine games. Looking at it, yes, of course, off the pace. Trailing seven points from the league leaders but they've only played nine games they've 29 matches to make up that points difference and we all know they're more than capable so for all the talk of pressure let's see Lauren could pile it right on top of them mind you if they are to be successful unbeaten Lauren against Linfield who have already lost a third of their league games three defeats from nine so Linfield not at their strongest in terms of performances, in terms of results. 
and Lauren going through a very, very good spell. This would be some way to continue to be taken more seriously if they are able to get the win at Windsor Park. And we know that they have the quality to do so. So how will Saturday's game go? That is a massive mouth-watering matchup, as is Corian against Cliftonville. Two sides on the wrong end of scorelines. Cliftonville walloped by Lauren. Corian, as I just mentioned, suffering that dramatic defeat against Balamini and Edithney, were denied by an inspired Sean O'Neill two in that matchup. So who responds better here? Will it be the Bandsiders or will it be Paddy McLaughlin's visitors on the trip to Corian? Cliftonville sit fourth at the moment, 19 points after nine games, one place and three points better off than Corian, who have played a match more than them. Crusaders play Portadown at Seaview. Glenavon welcome Carrick Rangers to Mournview. And Glentoran are on their travels to Newry City. So it's quite the weekend in the Danske Bank Premiership. I am sure you will have your thoughts on those matches, as well our guests. And now, let's hear from the first of those. The Score with Michael Clark. Another week, another brilliant guest to kick us off on the score and what a weekend he had. Three goals in a 4-0 victory for Larne against Cliftonville. It doesn't get much better than that if you're a forward. Joining us now on the show, it's a warm welcome to Lee Bonus. Lee, good to have you on. Thank you for having me, Michael. And it doesn't get much better than that, does it? You know, people were saying a, a bit of a goal drought, been a few games since you netted, it, so a nice way to respond with three in the one match. Yeah, well, I always said um, all strikers are going to have a rough patch and it's going to be hard when the goals dry up. But I think my aim was just to keep working hard and um, as soon as I get one goal, then more will follow. So, And yeah. that's, that's exactly what happened. And what struck me is that throughout that, even the period where you weren't able to score, you were contributing to goals and obviously your manager felt you were doing enough on match days to make sure that your name was on the team sheet. You've been playing well despite maybe not doing you know, the thing that you love to do. Yeah, well, I think the first goal sort of summed it up. Um, <laughs> I probably should have scored um, for Paul's goal, but I just didn't give up. And I, I said to myself, oh, not again where I'm not going to score. But then I just kept working hard throughout the rest of the game. And the gaffer had said to me at halftime, um, your work rate's phenomenal, so I just got to keep working. And then the goals followed. You know, it was around this time last year, people were starting to wonder how long it would be till somebody prized you away from Portadown. And we were talking about, you know, transfer fees and what they might be and all that sort of thing. Uh, how have, you know, the 12 months felt to you since, you know, officially the January move? It's been great to be honest. Just just to be in the full time setup and um to be doing something you love every day. Uh, look, it's good. It's good for my well being too. Um, but just just um well with a great bunch of lads and you're playing every day. Um, it's worked. It's worked wonders for me. And not having to do my my old job where it was stressful and I'm having to go from one job to another. It's just a bit more relaxed and calming and you can focus on stuff to work on and training after training and all. For anyone that doesn't know what you did previously, can you tell us about that? Because I heard stories that you know you were you were working, you know, one end of the country and then having to literally finish a shift and get down the other end for a football match. Yeah, well, I was doing a bit of roofing for David Jamison. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of odd mornings where I've been up at six and I've traveled to Port Rush, then back to Port Adown, then the Newry, then the Coleraine. And then I've had the bounce to training in Lisburn. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't very fun, but it was cold and all too. So look, I enjoyed it, to be fair. Well, I suppose if you can deal with the, the coldness on a roof, you can definitely deal with the coldness on a Saturday afternoon in the Irish League. <laughs> That's it. No wonder armors for me. <laughs> um, it must be some difference, the, the full-time football. What have you noticed in terms of your fitness levels and things like that? Have you felt that development just by being able to be in a routine and to train more? Yeah, well, we get we obviously were the pods to track all of our stats after the game and I think like my stats have increased the amount of the amount of meters I'm doing, the, the top speed I'm doing, the number of sprints, and it's it's gradually getting better and better. And you can see like physically, I'm getting bigger and stronger, and it's just helped a lot because you're work you're working twenty four seven on training, and you've got your gym sessions and all built in too. So it's all it's all working out for me so far. Um, what are you like as a person when you see all those stats put up? Because, you know, footballers of a bygone era didn't have to worry too much about their, their stats and nobody could literally point the figures on a screen and say, you're not running enough. Uh, what what do you find, you know, when you're seeing them up there? Is that something that you quite like the challenge of, that, that you actually have something to aim towards? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm probably looking at my top speed and my number of sprints because then it just shows uh, how many runs I'm making and, stuff like that and it just it builds me up um, knowing that I'm getting better and better each game because I know what, that I can see improvement so everybody every striker wants to score goals too but that's that's all part and parcel and the thing about it is you know people forget how young you are you know only 23 years of age you've been a Northern Ireland under 21 international you've been involved with the youth setup you, you've had you know a taste of trials and things that got across the water so uh, how have you dealt with pressure in you know well, I suppose you don't know anything different because you've just been playing it but how do you deal with the attention you get as a player for your position and and when you get the call-ups or trials or anything that's come in recent years how do you how do you make sure you know that you keep getting them and you keep progressing? The thing that I with me, I I sort of like thrive off them because it, it sort of builds my confidence up. You get people talking about you, or you get interest from different clubs, or you get an international call up. It sort of tells you that you're playing well. So just keep doing the things that you're doing, and then you'll get then you get further in the game. You were so well thought of at Portadown, and I'm not just saying that, but it was clear that fans loved you, not just for how you played, but for the type of person you are. You know, you, you stayed behind, you spoke to fans, you could sort of feel that love at Shamrock Park. Um, it, it must have, you know, pulled heavy on your heartstrings having to leave the club, even though it was an opportunity to, to progress in your own career. Yeah, well, I think it was easier for me because I was from there and I grew up there, and mm. that was the team that I supported my whole life. So I think I think that was a big factor, and which brought me closer to the club. But I'll I'll always still support them and um, watch how they're getting on and stuff like that. And I'll travel down to the odd home game, and okay, it's still nice to get down to see them sometimes. Must have been a special moment if you think back, you know, for your family getting to represent the club you grew up supporting. Yeah. I, I can vaguely remember telling all my mates and I was like, flip's sake, I'm actually going to get a call up here. 
and I was I was I was buzzing with it. I was over the moon to be fair. And then I worked hard and got where I am now. Well, what were your mates saying when they were reading the paper and it was supposedly a hundred grand Larner going to pay and all the rest of it? I'm sure you got a bit of stick then. Yeah, I think they were all still calling me names, but <laughs> um, fuck no, they were all happy for me. I'm sure they were, and it's been a successful stint. You had the County Antrim Shield success last season, and I'm sure you have, well, designs on retaining it this year, but but going on and, and maybe winning some other silverware along the way as well. Yeah, well, I think I think that was my, my debut for the County Antrim Shield. Yeah. I came on, second <laughs> half, big not, impact there. So Not a bad debut. <laughs> No, definitely not. One game, one silverware. <laughs> but no, um, I think this year, I think we want to win as many things as we can and we're just taking it game by game and if you work hard, then things will follow as, as what's happened so far. Has this start to the season surprised you in any way or is this what you expected when you, you saw the players that are around you? Uh, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think... You can see you can see the hard work that goes in, and all the people are trying really hard. So it it falls back to it's what you put in and it's what you get out as well. So all the boys are working hard. So you're you're going to get results, and you keep battling away all season, and you'll be up in the round there in the top three. Looks like you and Paul O'Neill have found a good partnership there. Yeah, well, me and Paul, me and Paul obviously had a wee spell at the under twenty one, so. Mm-hmm we're both similar players so we both know what each other wants like it just works well together seeing like what he does and how I can affect it and he's the exact same so it helps to have someone like that yeah that uh, maybe prior knowledge because I guess if people were to look they'd say little and large but it's not the classic big man wee man routine no, no, it's definitely not. I think it's two big men up front bullying defenders. <laughs> yeah, plenty of fighting, Paul, and anyone that's seen him knows that. Um, when you talk about under-21s, I still think back to that overhead kick he scored against Ukraine. I don't know, did he milk that yes. for a little while? Yes, no, no, I do remember it, actually. He was going mental. But, um, no, he's a quality player, and he's great to play with, and he's he's great around the club as well, too, so... It's good to have him in and um, a good striking partner to have too. Well, you look at this weekend, it's another big game and people keep waiting for you to slip up, don't they? That's what it's like when you're at the right end of the table. People are going, when will the bubble burst? You'll hope that it doesn't and that you can keep on the form that you're going. But it's a way to Linfield and, well, they had to dig in deep to get the win against Glenavon off the back of the defeat against Glen Torrin. So, you know, there's still a bit of a wounded beast and it's Linfield at the end of the day. So a huge match at Windsor Park. Yeah, well, we you just take game, game after game. So every game as it comes, you're going to be looking to get three points. And I know what Linfield and the Glens are like. And they're going to be tough games. They're going to it's going to be grit and fight. So, no, we'll just take what comes at us. And if we do the right things well, then we should be able to get three points out of the both games. You strike me as a very level-headed person. Uh, do you do you get nervous coming into bigger matches or anything like that, or or what is it that allows you to keep calm if not? And um, no, I I don't I don't get nervous really. To be honest, it's it's more. Just another game for me. The more the more thing that makes me nervous is if I'm getting near the 90th minute and we're not scoring or we're not winning, then you start to build up nerves and you need to grind through it. But it's just another game when it comes to 
the league for me, really. And what's Tiernan Lynch been like for you? How have you found working under him? Yeah, he's been he's been great ever since I've come in. Um, he's very motivated and he knows what he wants, and I think he knows what he wants for his players. So he he's always on our cases about working hard and drive and determination. So I think it's worked it's worked well. So I think everybody's starting to believe in it now. The more drive, determination, and heart you have for the club, then it'll just drive you through and get you games and win you games. And I'm curious about downtime because as a full-time player, obviously you spend a lot of time with your teammates, you're, you're training and you've got that routine, but it also means you'll have more free time. So in your free time, are you hanging out with any of the players in particular and uh, and what sort of stuff do you get up to? Lauren fans will be wondering, you know, who, who's who's the little uh, clicks or who messes about with who? Um, well, well I, I started golf, so that was... A thing that I took into hand, and it used to be me and Kofi playing. We'd go out and play golf on Ben Doherty, maybe. So that was my sort of thing now. But they're all a great bunch of guys, and most of them live further away than others. So it's it's good when you get a bit of downtime between the boys, and you can get maybe a out for, out for a night out or a meal or something like that. And when we talk about people doing well for themselves, that leads us on nicely to Kofi, because I know you're good friends. It must be amazing seeing what he's doing now. You know, he's made the bench the last couple of games for Crystal Palace as part of their Premier League squad. He's had the senior international call-up as well. He's doing great things in his career. You must be so pleased for him. Yeah, well, Kofi's worked very hard to get where he is now, and... I think the hard work and dedication that he's put in, everybody could see that he was willing and he was willing to put in the effort and hard work to get on to the next level. And I think he's reaping his rewards at the minute with being on Palace's bench and getting into the Northern Ireland squad. So, no, I'm over the moon for him. And long may I continue and hopefully he gets to start some, some of these games or sometime soon. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos of him, you know, trying to man Mark Wolf Zaha and things like that. That must be, <laughs> it must be sort of surreal to, to watch and go, you know, he that's him in the Premier League now. I know. Um, well, I was watching the Wolves game against Palace the other night, mm-hmm. and uh, I had seen him sitting on the bench, and he was looking when Adama Traore was coming off, and I texted him. I was like, "What are you looking at?" And he was like, "Just how big he is. It's actually massive." <laughs> But it's just it's just crazy how he, like he's actually got there and, and no fair fair dues to him. He's worked hard and he's granted. So hopefully hopefully I can see him one day down the line. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I wonder now how many people have him tortured. Going here, get us a get us a wee message off Fiera there, would you? Go on, it's my birthday coming up. Go on, please, please, please. <laughs> I know a couple of tickets to a game or something. <laughs> I'm uh, sure he's tortured. I would imagine so. Uh, he's he's uh, he's earned that right now to be uh, Mr. Popular. So fair play to him and fair play to you as well. Great to see you enjoying your football and uh, long may it continue. Thanks for speaking to me, Lee. Thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks very much, Michael. The Score with Michael Clark. Now, I think a lot of people are really happy to have this man on the programme. He has been in superb form for Glen Torren. I think we can still call them his new club. He hasn't been there that long, but he's settled in rightly. Uh, a mainstay in their defence already. And we'll come on to that partnership with Paddy McLean. But for now, let's just say hello to Aidan Wilson. Aidan, good to have you on the programme. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Michael. It's a pleasure. 
Uh, it's great to be talking to you. Uh, tell us about life at Glen Torrance so far. You look like a man loving his football. Yeah, well, I think you, um, everyone can see that. Um, look, I'm loving, I'm loving the training. Um, I'm loving, you know, the way the manager's got things running here. Um, you know, that obviously helps with the, the way the team's performing and the, the results are going away at the minute. So, look, everything's uh, everything's been brilliant, um, and long may it continue. You have a couple of goals already this season. What's gotten into you? <laughs> I've always been a goal scorer since I was young, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Um, a couple of goals is always nice, but see the clean sheets are the ones that we we as a back four and um, you know as a team are, are are proud of because especially you know the teams we come up against this is a tough league and um, you know there's I think Larne maybe the second best team at, um, you know defensively so um, we take real pride in the in the clean sheets. What do you put it down to? I'm sure you want to say the talent of your teammates, but is it something that is, you know, it just clicks? Is that something that you almost can't coach or is that something that has been manufactured? Uh, look, I think it's difficult to put your finger on it. Um, but what I would say is like it's a team effort, you know, it's just not mm-hmm. just not um, the goalkeeper or the back four, you know, it's, it's as a team, you know, we're defending from the front and... Um, you know, you you can't really say it's just the back four. Obviously, we're, we're last line in defence, but you know their front lads have been working their socks off as well. And um, you know, it, it comes from them just as we help them at the other end with, you know, we're picking up for the odd set piece and stuff like that. So look, it's 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 teams as you know, it's a team game, um, and everyone's been everyone's been contributing, and you know that's where where the success comes. Um, and then obviously on the training pitch, we're all working hard and. Uh, the gaffer's been been brilliant, and uh, Rod and Tim and and Wendy, everyone's playing their part. So, no, it's it's been great. I don't know if you view versatility as a bad word. I know you are a versatile player, but do you think that mm-hmm. you know centre back is is really where you're at home? Is that where you want to be playing? Yeah, look, I think so. Like, I've had like I've played like throughout my career. If you take it back, like when I was young, you know, I was a striker. Um, and you know I've kind of obviously fallen back to centre half now, but you know I played all over the place. But I went to striker, centre midfield, right midfield, right back, centre back, left back. You know I played um, everywhere. But I think now the age I'm at at 23, uh, you know getting that position set down where you know that's the position you're going to play. And maybe if you do need to go, if someone gets injured, suspended, then you can go and do a job there for the team in a different position, that's always a great asset to have. But I think locking down a position um, at my age, it, it, you know, it's only going to benefit me now. And I do think that that's, you know, where where I see myself now. Well, I look forward to, you know, when you're 33, you do a Nets for Glen Torn and you can say you've completed football. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not Nets. Maybe not Nets. <laughs> well, we'll draw the line there. Uh, the, the partnership yeah. with Paddy McLean is, uh, is a brilliant one. Um, what's he been like t- to play beside? No, look, he's been great. Um, you know, even when I first came in the door, we, you know, we got on really well straight away. And I think, see, when you got on well with someone off the pitch, like it's dead easy to just go on the pitch and, you know, and just play, you know, play together. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think we've got that that partnership where we can understand understand each other's game. And uh, we, you know, we talk to each other during the game. And you know, it's just I don't know. It's just weird, like. 
you know, you could go through partnerships where, you know, they're not maybe as good and then other partnerships where you just click and I think it's one of them where it's just sort of click with me and Paddy and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing well just now, but we, we, we've got to keep it going. Uh, the only time you'll maybe fall out is when there's an old firm game on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't think he'll be as impressed by your Rangers background as maybe some of the other lads. <laughs> no, 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 he doesn't mention it very much. <laughs> oh, fair enough to him, but no, fantastic. Uh, it's, it, you just see that partnership looks very natural between the pair of you and mm-hmm. it just gives the mm-hmm. confidence to the players in front of you and um, it's just an always, it's, it, for me it's an interesting thing to watch that flourish so quickly because you, know, you can't just take mm-hmm. it for granted in football, can you? No, I know, like, obviously, you know, I've played, you know, well a lot of sort like, because I think it's like some people think, like, set, you know, centre-back's a partnership, like, maybe in the olden days where it was, like, 4-4-2, like, two strikers, yeah, the two strikers had a partnership, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like that where, like, uh, two centre-halves, like, like, you always think about, sort of, in the Premiership years ago, like, Vidic, Ferdinand, you know, Terry Carvalho, like, they, they've all got a partnership, and both of them are, don't get me wrong, very talented players, but I think when you get the two of them with, who click together, you know, you just get like a real solid, a real solid two and like a real solid bat line, then it sort of throws, uh, like flows through the team, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, is he your attack dog in that sense? Are you sort of unleashing him to go and smash people and you can do the nice wee um, pretty bits in behind or do you, do you have to share those duties? <laughs> 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 no, I think I, I don't need to give Paddy any encouragement to go in and <laughs> uh, go in and tackle anyone. Let's say that. <laughs> but no, we we like I, I love playing with Paddy, and you know we've got big look coming back as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's definitely something that you know both was you know you can already see in training and stuff. Luke's been training for for a while now, and you look you see his quality. He's, he's an experienced head, and he's obviously had a great career um, in England and stuff. So again, that's that's one for me because. I can go and learn off look as well, and Paddy can learn off look because well, Paddy's twenty five and I'm twenty three, so uh, I think Luke's twenty eight. So we we can go and take wee bits off him and um, learn from him. So look, it will be it'll be good when Lucky's back, and you know, look, hopefully we we can keep doing what we're doing just now. Just you saying that, it, you know, that is really exciting for Glen Torren fans. Probably terrifying for rival teams. So mm. They're also flipping <laughs> young. I mean, that you could be there for a very long time playing with each other, mm-hmm. um, potentially, mm-hmm. and and that bodes well for Glen Torren Football Club. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, look, like as I, you know, I'm, I, as I'm only twenty three, like I'm always still learning. Pa- Paddy's only twenty five. Do you know what I mean? That's still for a centre half, still so young. Um, and I think you know from there you're just gonna. I think you're always learning. I mean, big lucky's probably still learning at 28. You know, whoever you are, you're always still learning. But especially at sort of my tender age at 23, that like I'm still, I'm still learning the game. I'm still improving. Still trying to get better. Um, and I think if you've got, you know, that that experience with with Luke, you know, coming back, you know, it's only going to do well for for me and Paddy. The Linfield game is the game that every Glen Torn fan looks to. When's the first time we're playing them? Mm-hmm. And naturally, you as a player want to be in the big matches and you want to be on the right side of the results. It couldn't have gone any better, mm-hmm. really, could it? What a way to mm-hmm. lay down a marker this season. Mm-hmm. Like the game was, uh, you know, it's my first big two game. Um, Glen Torn fans are outstanding. Like that, they probably could have sold out the two. The two stands, the noise that they bring, you know, the atmosphere that really kicks us on as as players, and it, look, the atmosphere was was unbelievable. And 
that, as you say, those are the games that you look to and, you know, to to, to go there and win 3 now, you know, it does put a statement down. But again, it's only three points, just the same as the three points we got last week. You know, the three points we're looking to this week, they, they all just count as three points. And I think that's the way we've got to look at it. Yes, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big statement, but if we don't go and back it up against Nuri on Saturday, then, you know, it, it doesn't mean as much. I Like, I go back to, like, my old days at Rangers and Walter Smith used to say, take care of the game before the old firm and the game after the old firm. Because if you pick six points up in the two games, then the old firm takes care of itself. You know, it's, it's one of those games where, like, a derby game, it can go either way. Um, and maybe if you come out the other side, you're still six points out of nine, so it's not the end of the world. But if you lose, if you lose the game after, you lose the game before, it might only be three out of nine. So, um, you know, th- those sort of things. Yes, it's a big, big statement, but you you need to take care after the uh, the games before and after. You need to take care of them. You know, knowing what you know now, and as as a young player, and having those experiences, mm-hmm. it's invaluable. But to have had the opportunity mm-hmm. to to learn from the likes of Walter Smith, you know, God rest him, and, mm-hmm. and people like that, uh, that's just so invaluable. Has that sort of sunk in the, the education you got at Rangers and the the people you got to, to play with? You know, the Kenny Millers, James Taverniers, all those sorts of boys. Mm-hmm. You know, has mm-hmm. that sunk in yet, or do you think that's something that comes later in life? You sit back and you look at it all. I think it's sunk in now. Um, like, look, when you leave Rangers, like it was difficult for me. I think, it, like, especially at the time during COVID, like I left when COVID was, you know, rife, like at its worst, and you know there wasn't a lot of options. Teams didn't know their budgets and stuff, and you know I probably got see where I am now. You know, I pro- probably look back and you, like I, I think I've matured. See, leaving Rangers, that's matured me so much as a. Not only as a player, but as a human as well. You know, re- realizing you know the experiences that I had there, and you know, he, I, you know, I spent fourteen years there, which is like just like, such a chunk of my life. Um, met some amazing people, played with some brilliant players, worked under some unbelievable managers. You know, Stephen Gerrard, Michael Beale, um, towards my end. You know, Pedro Cachinha, yeah, who, who was different, but still, you know, gave him opportunity and. Um, we're still still a top manager, and then you've got um, obviously Walter Smith when I was you know re- really young, but then like the players as well, you know you just there's so many good players. It's hard to single out you know anyone, but to have learned from the players that I've learned from mm-hmm. um, as a young kid has has been invaluable. And I do think you know some players when they do leave, it might take them to the 28, 29, 30 to realise like, how, how amazing was that. But I think now, um, just with the sort of struggle that I had when I was leaving Rangers and, um, you know, to, to find myself here now in a place that I'm really enjoying it, you know, you, you, you do, I, I do look back now and think, wow, what, what an experience some amazing players have, you know, met. And even the international uh, games that I played at youth level and stuff, you know, like amazing, amazing experience. Been to some amazing countries. Um, just see now, so grateful for for what I had because even when I come here and I look at, you know, the kids, the kids here have had nowhere near, um, you know, the experience that I've had. Not not because they're not good players or anything like that. Just because maybe Northern Ireland's just that we touch, you know, step back and they are trying to change it and. 
you know, even the stuff, some of the stuff I've seen at Gun Tour now, some of the stuff that the people are doing here is unbelievable. Um, and, you know, the education they're trying to give the kids and trying to show them that there's that we that, you know, that there's that pathway. And yeah, look, they've not got the big, massive training grounds, but some of the stuff that they're, they're doing is great. And it's, you know, it's great to see for me. And um, because I've had that experience and I know where, where it's trying to get to, and you always got to start from somewhere. Um, but no, look, so grateful. Um, for my experience, no doubt. And when you're talking about the, you know, the youth internationals, because I knew you were coming on the program, I went and I looked back through some of those games you played for Scotland, you know, under mm-hmm. 19s and stuff, uh, against the mm-hmm. likes of Kai Havertz, Erling Holland, Cody yeah. Gakpo, you know, uh-huh. some of, some of the real talents of European football. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not bad to have on the old CV. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, again like when I look back, you know. it's those kind of top players that you play against you're just like you know it's as you say it's nice to say like to play against those boys watching Haaland score you know three hat-tricks in a row or whatever it was and you know quickest player to score 10 goals in the league you know you played against those boys Kai Havertz another you know big talent as you said you know it's good to see those boys you know doing so well now and you actually came up against them and um, you know learned a bit bit from them and you know, I, th- I can't remember, but I think he scored a hat-trick. You know, I'm not sure if I should repeat that, but I think he scored a hat-trick and the game ended 4-3 or something like that. It was 5-4, um, no, and I think you might have got a red was card. Was it 5-4? <laughs> oh, you... did I? Oh, we'll just, we'll just leave that out. You can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 91st minute. You didn't cost anybody anything. I think it was the second yellow. Uh... <laughs> 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 but uh, no, uh, you know, in, in all seriousness, I mean, these are the things I think at times people, you know, forget because they, they turn up on a Saturday or whatever, see a player out in the pitch and go, right, he's playing in the Irish League and they don't necessarily see the full journey, the full player. And it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. these conversations and, and maybe round mm-hmm. that image off of, of the talent yeah. we have here playing, yourself included. Yeah, no, look, I think and that, that was one of the big reasons I came over to this league is because this league's on the up, you know. I could like, I could have gone to the Scottish Championship or, you know, maybe League One, and, you know what, you know what's that really going to do for me? I just felt that this league had the European football. You know, there was a bit of investment behind the clubs. You know, you know, it was trying to go to sort of that next, you know, that next step, and, you know, I think you can see that. You know, Scottish Championship doesn't have any European football. You know, it's just. I felt like, and I've seen it with like a lot of boys that I played at Rangers with, you know, they go to the Championship, they go to League One, and then they just kind of, you know, fade away down the leagues and then they end up getting a job and playing part-time, what have you. I didn't want that to be me. I wanted to try something different, um, and I just felt it was an exciting opportunity for me. Um, and I think now you see the players that are, you know, coming to the league. There's a lot of sort of English boys coming to the league, um, players who have played... You know, so, you know, in the south of Ireland or in England or in Scotland, like there is a lot more players coming over. I think they probably see the same as me that there is that, you know, that opportunity can use it as a stepping stone to maybe, you know, go on to bigger and better things. But it's definitely going in a, in a good direction, and um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in non Irish football. Who gets the credit for bringing you over to Crusaders? Who was the person that uh, identified you? Uh, I think well. Uh, Stephen Baxter rang me, um, you know, just got a random phone call. Um, you know, I think it was like half nine at night. Um, <laughs> and he, he <laughs> my phone goes and it's just a random number. 
Um, goes, God, who's that? I just quickly answered it because, you know, as, as you do, and it, it was Stephen and he wanted me to come over. And I think, if I'm right, Stephen spoke to um, uh, Wright, or what, what's his name? Tommy Wright, mm-hmm. uh, who's at St. Johnson. And at one of my games for Rangers, the first team was against St. Johnson. Um, and I think Tommy gave me a good, um, you know, putting a good word for me, what have you. And that, that was that. I, I went over and, you know, I trained for for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, but played a few friendlies and stuff. And that that's that's really just how it came about. Brilliant. I love that. You're you're probably sitting at home thinking, right, put the feet up now, half nine, phone's ringing. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> that's the life yeah. of a footballer, that's isn't it, it. really? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's... Like, and I was watching, I was watching the Paul... You know, Gary Neville does overlap and I was oh, watching yeah, Paul yeah. Scholes and, uh, and Gary Neville and, um, you know, everyone thinks that football at the top levels, you know, so organised and, you know, they've got so many people <laughs> for so many different jobs. But see, when it actually comes down to it, Gary Neville's obviously Salford, he says, someone just rings someone and they show up, they do a medical and then they sign. Like, it's no fancy, nothing like that. Like, nothing's fancy about it. It's just someone rings, picks the phone, <laughs> picks the phone up, you go in and, you know, you get changed and you do your medical and what have you. So, it's uh, it's quite funny just hearing it at sort of that level as well that you know it's just a phone call and <laughs> like you're basically your career is defined on a phone call, you know it's it's where you go and you know <laughs> that's just what happens. And do you know what though? It's also defined by the performances you put in, you know, on a serious note because you make the decision yeah, yeah. ultimately. I know Glen Torn showing interest, but I would imagine you had a, an opportunity to stay at Crusaders too. Yes, Glen Torn's the mm-hmm. you know the the full full time or Crusaders are three quarters or whatever you want to call that but you make mm-hmm. that decision you could say well you better back it up and so far you have backed it up and that's the, that's the other side of it you know you have to be able to produce the goods when you make the big calls in life yeah no look i think you're right um like i did have the opportunity to at crusaders and um the big thing for me was the full full time especially coming from scotland coming over you know, at Crusaders, I had a lot of free time on my hands. Um, and look, I didn't really want to get another job. And I was doing sessions myself and going to the gym myself and making sure I was still trying to, you know, be a full-time footballer mm-hmm. and sort of like a part-time setup. up you know what I mean? So for me to come to Glentorn, who's, you know, full-time, you know, massive club, massive fan base, you know, great history, to come here with a proper full-time football, like it was... Look, it was always going to be, you know, hard to turn down. And I felt with the chats that I had with the gaffer and Wendy, I was really wanted here. Um, and that as a player is massive. You know, you you have to be wanted. And um, like, I, as you say, the performances are going my way just now. Look, I think when you enjoy your football, you play your best football. Like that's like, well, whatever level that's at, whether it be premiership or, you know, lower down divisions, when you are enjoying yourself, and you're loving coming into training and, you know, you see what the manager's doing and, you know, you're you're learning and you're learning off guys like Rod and you're learning off the gaffer and Tim and Wendy and, you know, you're learning off these guys and it's then makes it a hell of a lot easier to go on the pitch and just give 100%. And I think that's that's what I've been doing. And yes, you know, I've been playing, I've been playing well, but I've been giving 100% and, um, that's 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 the big thing. Um, always give a hundred percent, and that's even the young lads that are here now. 
It's just uh, come in every day and give a hundred percent, and uh, and you'll be fine. You've listed some characters there as well. I'm sure you've enjoyed getting to know everybody. Just finally, I could talk to you all day, but I'm aware we're uh, we're very close to running out of time here, Aidan. I just wanted to ask you yeah. about the game at the weekend, uh, the small matter of the trip to the Newry Showgrounds. I'm sure the Glens fans will pack out the away end and, and try and take up whatever other space they can there, but uh, you've a job yeah. to do, so uh, three points on the menu. You, you think you're up to it? Yeah, look, that's when you play for Glentoran, three points is... You know, is always is always the aim, and you know that's what's expected of you. And you know, coming from Rangers, I understand that like that that is the pressure. Um, and look, they gave us a tough game at the Oval. I know it ended up three 0 but it was a long time now now. And um, you know, we've we've looked at that, and of course, go, going down there, you know, on their pitch, you know, it'll be a tough game, no doubt. So we've got to be bang at it, and um hopefully go down there get the three points well I really appreciate your time thank you very much for coming on to the programme and uh, well all the best of luck for the season ahead thanks very much Michael The Score with Michael Clark. Now joining us on the programme, it's time to welcome a guest from Crusaders and well, he's been flying in very good form this season and more than settled in now, he's been at the club a few years, Charlie O'Rourke, it's uh, your first time on the score, good to have you on. Thanks Michael, good to be on. And uh, we got you on eventually, uh, it was only a matter of time of the performances you've been putting in, I don't overlook fullbacks, don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how have you found the season so far? I mean, you're sitting in third place at the moment. Um, yeah, we're doing well, so we are. Um, started off the season pretty well, um, and we're going well on a personal note. Um, scored a couple of goals, which is always good. Um, and my loss actually against Carrick there a few weeks ago was probably set us back a bit because, like, I've no disrespect when you're looking ahead at teams, you're sort of you're calculating points nearly, but. Um, we got a good result away to Cliftonville and followed that up with a win there at the weekend again. So um, things are back on track. The Carrick Rangers game was such a strange match. I've spoken to a few people about this. I'd went along to it and yeah. it's not often I say it, uh, but defensively it just wasn't a good day for Crusaders. No, it definitely wasn't now. Um I suppose when you go down there, you, you, you know you're going to get a hard game. But mm-hmm. to concede four um, wasn't like us at all now. Um, but credit the Carrick on the day that causes problems. Um, and even even ourselves, were able to score a few against them. But every time we sort of got back level, they'd have seemed to go down the other end and score. But it was just one of those days. But probably for, for our own selves, we haven't been maybe as tight defensively at the back maybe all season as we have last as we were last season sorry um, so something we're looking to improve out as well yeah I'm sure what has uh, or what have the last few years been like for you you know it's always uh, a big change you were so long there at, at Dungannon Swifts uh, making the move and, and adjusting was there much of a, a transition period or did you hit the ground running from your own point of view Um. I wouldn't say I hit the ground running now, to be honest. I came in and I was playing, and probably played rightly in my first two years, but probably say now has been probably the most comfortable or the maybe the best condition, I would say, of my own self, um, just playing-wise. But, you know, coming in to Crusaders, um, 
it's probably a lot, a lot different from playing for Dungan, you know, was there seven years and obviously expectations are a lot less. So um, probably took me a wee while to settle in, but um, things are going well now. And yeah, hopefully it keeps going that way. And you want, when you make a move to you know a club like Crusaders, you want to be winning things, winning the Irish Cup. It must be right up there in terms of career achievements. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely is. Um, I suppose that's why you move to a bigger team is to be w- w- winning trophies, so it's something to look back on on your career. Um, yeah, second major trophy, won the League Cup w- with Dungan, obviously, at the time. Um, but to be honest, Irish Cup is a completely different occasion on the day. Um, I suppose it's a, the pinnacle of the league, um, so to win it was was unreal. And um, Probably to get that first trophy with Crusaders was good too, because that was my third season there, and we'd, we'd got the League Cup final, obviously, and lost against Coleraine, so to actually get the first trophy with Crusaders on the board um, was, a, was a good feeling there. What was the Irish Cup final experience like? Because everyone that plays in it tells me it's a day like no other. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, just from the start, from getting your suit and whatnot, um, it's completely different than anything sort of anything I've experienced before. Um, and then even the even the crowd in that day, the Crusaders crowd turned out in their numbers. Um, as did the Ball- as did the Ballymena um, fans as well. So um, it was just it was just an unreal occasion. And then just for the way for the way the final went um, with two hundred time winners, um, probably you, you couldn't ask to win it a, a, a better way. Um, I get a, a little sense from you that that League Cup win with Dungannon, um you know, is maybe the career high though, is it? Is that a, is that a special one because no one gave you a chance? <clears throat> um, see, I was asked this question actually on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Um, probably what to rank hair, and it's something that I'd never thought about to be honest. Um, and I, I just put them on the same power level, you know. Um, I but to win it with Dungan was you're right, it was special because first major, major trophy uh, for the club. Um, I, I, I'm from Dungan. I'd grown up playing for the youth, and you know you, you've mates on the team. Uh, Paul McRae, Shannon Clerkus, uh, Hagsey there, all, all all playing alongside you. So, um, yeah, you're right. It was a, a, a special occasion there. That Dungan and youth conveyor belt, something else. <laughs> oh, that's it's, it's <laughs> mad. Um, Is there something in the know, water down there in Tyrone? What's the what's the <laughs> secret? <laughs> uh, the, the, there must be, but I. I I never got that move down and like all the rest of them young lads going over there. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, but it's it's a classic it's a credit to them now every time. You know, I'm living up in Belfast now, but I mean you're just seeing on Facebook or whatever or social media. Um it's just always with the next fifteen or sixteen year old lad that's making that move to England. Um that that's came through the youth. So it's a credit to the people that are that are that are coaching at Dungan and it's the same faces than Dominic is there as well. So um yeah, just long may it continue. 
Yeah, it's it's great to see that, and there's there's so many talented young players across the country as well, and you know Crusaders can point to some of their own that have uh, recently made the the step across the water, and um, you know I I love watching young players and just seeing that kind of it's the beginning of their journey, and it's all possible for them, um, and the Irish League's such a great platform for those players when you see how many you know senior matches they can play. Um, you know, it's it's right there on the doorstep now, and um, I, I think maybe people are realizing it a bit better than uh, ten years ago. I don't know when when you were a you know a bright eyed teenager looking at the league, were you thinking you know what this league could be? Uh, no, no, you're probably right. It probably didn't get the attention maybe it was getting ten years ago. Um, I mean, you're seeing how well players are doing now who have. Who've got that two, three, or four seasons in the league and have made that move across? Just a couple that are springing them head is Mark Sykes from Killen Alvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's absolutely flying at the moment in the championship there. Um, Shane Lavery obviously came back. He is sort of a different situation, but he came back, scored, played well, scored for Limfield, and then he's got his move back over and again playing away in the championship, which is which is a mad standard. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're right. The league, um, it is it is starting to get more recognition from from teams in England now, and probably four youngsters coming through at 17, 18 to get that sort of first team experience is is massive. It, it it's it sets them up for a good career when they do make that move over to England. So uh, that's that's one thing. All the young players. What about uh, I am going to make pretend he's forty here. Just a second. But Philip Laurie. <laughs> Philip Laurie is not much older than me. But my goodness, he's he's playing like a young fella these days. What's going on with all these goals? He's all of a sudden started scoring. I know. I know. He's playing well now. <laughs> um, even even another thing with Philly, he's scoring goals. He's what's it? I think seven, seven or eight now. Mm. Which for a centre midfielder at this uh, at this stage of the season is is unreal. But. It's the work rate too that Phil puts in. It probably wouldn't say it goes unnoticed, but if I'm running in the 70th minute, I'm chasing someone down, and then he, all I see is him chasing by me, and I'm thinking, Jesus, the fitness level he's at is just another level. So um, obviously the goals are unreal, but it's just the work and the overall sort of effective, effectiveness he has on the team um, with his work rate. That's such a big thing that your manager looks for isn't it as well you know mm-hmm. you know what you get with the Stephen Baxter team and it's been such an effective formula for years and yeah. uh, th- there's such a quality throughout that squad but you know I-, I just wonder have some of your teammates taken it a bit thick in recent seasons that you know th- th- people have been doubting Crusaders and yet you always seem yeah. to find a way to come back and answer critics but but there has been <clears> a bit more of that in recent times there has been and probably even my my first two years at Crusaders Never went, never went to plan in terms of where we finished in the league. Um, we weren't great, so r- 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 probably rightly so we got criticised. But yeah, it's testament to the players that here. It's probably the same core core, core group of players that were there a few years ago. Um, how we how we bounced back and we're playing at the minute. And yeah, we do, we do get labelled sort of maybe maybe harshly in my opinion about sort of this long ball sort of. Um, Stigma that follows Crusaders, but we're 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 well able to mix our game up as we're shown, um, and so yeah, we, we can play when we have to play, and then when it has to go long, we can mix it up as well. And you've got into this terrible habit of going behind in games, <coughs> but your fans won't care as long as you end up winning them. Uh, the Glenavon match, just the latest example of uh, taking the long way around. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, truth, truth be told, in my opinion, that a draw might have been a fair result there because for 60, 70 minutes, I don't know if you were you yelling at Michael, but we we couldn't seem to get going really. Um, but yeah, you're right. We went behind at Newry, had poured it down as well. It's, I suppose winning's all that matters, but I mean, you, you probably can't go go a full season going a goal behind and coming back. It'll it, it'll come come back to bite you at some stage. So um, it's probably just like I previously mentioned. If we can probably keep more clean sheets and um, we'll start winning games more com- comfortably now. Look like Adam Lackey enjoyed his two goals. <clears throat> <laughs> he did. I'm not sure. There wasn't wasn't too many smiles after he scored that second. I don't know. If Big angry one, wasn't it? Ah, uh, it was. I uh, and it's not not too often making big legs would get angry now. But <laughs> um, you know, the competition for places is 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 high at the minute. So I don't know if it was just just maybe the fact that he wasn't playing at the minute. But um, everyone knows how good Lex can be, and he came on there and he changed the game and. I can't remember what game it was now at Crusaders here at CV this season. It was home to Balamina. He was unplayable that day. Um, so when he's on form, he's quality. Maybe you need to find a way just to kind of irritate him. <clears throat> just anger him. Just make anger him angry. Him, yeah. Some people, it's a weird it's a weird thing, but some people do play better angry. Exactly. Hi, hi. Um, <laughs> if, if we could find that way, way for us all, we'll be doing well, I reckon. <laughs> uh, what What about you on match days? Are you in any way, I don't know, ritualistic? Do you have to do things a certain order? Are you pretty chilled out? What's your What's your kind of approach to football? Uh, I'd be very chilled out, Michael. Um, I wouldn't really have any sort of um, r- r- ritual or pre-match routines really as, uh, as long as you get a uh, scrambled egg and toast in the morning that's, that's me set up for the day really <laughs> that's, that, that's brilliant so that's the is that the match day breakfast or is that the everyday uh, breakfast uh, no it's the match day breakfast there's a few boys you play with I imagine they're still on Cocoa Pops I don't know why I've got that <laughs> got that impression uh, the Paul Heatley one he eats a full for a in the morning that's that small on a, are you serious on, on a match day too oh I. mate how does he even run <laughs> I don't know I don't know that's brilliant what? for all the years I've known Paul I didn't know he was still doing that I thought that was long gone <laughs> <laughs> no he's, he's, just, he's still doing it now that's that's uh, I like that. You see, folks, this is the sort of interesting stuff, the insight you get here in the score. Other programs were oh, talking about results, boring. We we know what they have for breakfast. That's the level of detail. Um, so looking ahead to this Saturday, you're at home against Portadown, and you know we can talk all we want about Portadown waiting to win a game, but nobody wants to be that team that they eventually do beat. So um, you know potential banana peel. You don't want it to be you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, we played poor down at the at, at the start of the season at CV here, and we came back later on and won the game. Um, so it, we found it tough that night. So, um, and I mean, Porter Down brought in practically a, a full new squad um, at at the start of the year there. So it was always, it's always going to take time time for players to gel, especially players coming in from different leagues and abroad. Um, so we're expe- expecting a, a tough task, but 
um, as long as we get the win and move on, that's the most important thing. What do you think is a realistic target for this season then? You know, Cruz fans will be will be hoping for glory. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you want another uh, chase for silverware along the way. What do you think is a, a realistic expectation? Listen, if we probably if we probably had the same season as last year, if we got top three, won the Irish Cup, um, had Europe next summer again, I mean, I think most fans would be happy with that. Um I mean, if we were to push it further and get a league run going, um, that would go well. Um, it's one thing I'd always love, love to be involved in, um, a, a, a title chase. But, um, I mean, if we got a similar season to last season, um, I don't think many people would be com- complaining. It is that sort of league, isn't it? It's it's hard to call at the moment who's going to be where. There's so many movers and shakers, but uh, it, it just allows... People like me to enjoy ourselves and watch it, whilst the rest of you work very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you look at the look at the top five teams, even Lauren have improved again, and they're they're flying at the minute. Um, them fielders haven't really got going yet, but we all know they will. Um, so yeah, every year it's getting harder and harder. Um, Korean have added quality in the summer, and they're going well. So. Um, yeah, if we had if we had the same season um, as last season, it would it would bode well for us. Well, well done for how well you've done because you've made that position your own there, um, and you've seen off some good players in doing so. And um, well, best of luck for the weekend ahead, Charlie. Thanks for coming on. No bother, Michael. Thanks for having me. All the best. The score with Michael Clark. What a busy show. What a busy show. Great guests, and I'm so grateful to all three of them. Thank you very much to Charlie O'Rourke, to Aidan Wilson, and to Lee Bonus for coming on to the programme. Before we finish up, I want to say the best of luck in the UEFA Youth League to Colerain. They got through the first qualifying round, seeing off North Macedonian champions FK Pobeda over two legs, having won and drawn. So uh, they advance... And up next, it's Belgian opposition, Genk, on Wednesday, come to Korean before the following Wednesday. They are playing away to them. And this is really uh, the exciting point in this campaign because the domestic champions path teams, they do two rounds. This is the two, uh, the second round now. The eventual eight second round winners progress to the playoffs where they will play the runners-up from the eight UEFA Champions League path groups, the winners of those ties then go into the round of 16. So basically, if you want to get into the latter stages of the entire tournament, you come through this and then you play the runners-up from the main path because the main path in the Champions League is the highest-seeded teams, the teams whose senior sides are in the Champions League, and then they pad out the rest of the tournament with the domestic champions of the countries not represented already through the senior sides that are participating, if that makes sense. So... In theory, your Liverpools, your Barcelonas, all these sorts of teams, they will be, in theory, potentially waiting to uh, take on Korean if they can get past Genk. But it's an almighty task. There's no question about that. This is a huge, huge challenge. But what an opportunity to impress on the big stage. And what an experience, which we you know, sometimes forget. That is what it is all about at that level, really. Especially for the... Uh, the lower-ranked nations, the big underdogs, as Northern Irish teams will always be on the the grand 
you know, scheme of things. So an experience for the players that will only aid them in their development. And I also want to mention the Northern Ireland Football League doing a live stream there, first live stream. It's free to air, free to watch on their official YouTube channel. It's the Lisburn Derby. I think it needs a better name. Can we come up with a better name for it, folks? Come on, thinking caps on. Ballamacash Rangers against Lisburn Distillery. That's on Tuesday at the Blue Bell. And I look forward to finding out who is going to come out on top on that one. We had Michael Galt on the programme last week. He's going to be part of the commentary team on Tuesday. So feel free to go down and heckle him. Um, <laughs> that's That could be a very good game. Ballamacash Rangers going in as favourites. Um, you have to say, what a start to the season they have had. But uh, Lisburn Distillery will be keen to uh, remind everybody that uh, they're the, the big team with a big history and can they pull off a big result. Balmacash second in the league, joint on points with league leaders Bangor on 13 and Lisburn Distillery currently 10th with four points having played the same amount of games. Won one, drawn one, lost three. So Barry Johnson's team hoping to play catch-up but uh, Balmacash certainly looked like the side to back. They're the smart money, as uh, the bookies would say. But anyway, time is up. Again, as ever, as it always seems to just run away with us here in the programme. I hope you've enjoyed listening. I've enjoyed having you here with me. We'll be back again next week to do it all again. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, you thought that was the end of the programme. Truth be told, so did I. But I've just been handed some breaking news which I'm going to share with you now and that is that the Irish Football Association have parted ways with Northern Ireland manager Ian Barraclough. After a disappointing Nations League campaign, Barraclough and officials from the Irish Football Association headed to Germany for the Euro 2024 qualifying draw. The draw was one that gave some supporters optimism that qualification would be possible whilst others felt it was a different manager that would be required if they were to make it through the group. Well, now the Irish Football Association, it appears, have decided that they agree with that assessment. They have ended the reign of Ian Barraclough as Northern Ireland boss, and now they will be looking to appoint a successor. We will have more reaction and more information about that on next week's programme. But the breaking news, Northern Ireland are managerless after the Irish Football Association decide to terminate the contract of Ian Barraclough. Big news as we head into the weekend. We will speak to you again next Friday, but for now, take care and enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.